we need a new kind of clean. To do that, Clean Start combines two of nature's most powerful forces, water and electricity, to produce electrolyzed water, or HOCL. HOCL is your body's first internal response after an infection or trauma. In fact, it's significantly more effective at killing bacteria, viruses, mold and mildew than bleach or other household cleaners. Clean Start's globally patented tablet-based hand sanitizer turns any quart of tap water into FDA-approved alcohol-free hand sanitizer and registered wound care solution to a new kind of clean. Clean Start. Lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Time warp. <laughs> a little time warp for you. What a weird movie that was. <laughs> anyway, um, I welcome you back. And of course, make sure you get over to MyPillow, MyPillow.com. And uh, they are fantastic. In fact, partnered with the show. What an amazing partner to have in Mike Lindell because he really cares about the truth. His staff cares about the truth. I message forth back and forth with his staff all the time. And I'm just telling you, they are the biggest group of patriots you'll ever meet. That's what they really care about. They also care about making sure that they represent super good products. And I mean fantastic products. You cannot beat it. And their towels, if you don't have their towels, you need to get them. They're that good. I would not tell you to go get something unless I had it myself and and thought it was amazing. The towels, the sheets, the pillows, everything. You can get up to 75% off right now. It's a killer deal. I mean, my gosh. Don't you just love those deals when it's like almost all off, like 75% off? Put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E, or go to MyPillow.com forward slash Kate and get the deals right now. You're going to love these products and they last forever and they wash well. I mean, I can't even believe the sheets come out perfect every single time. I've never had sheets do that. So go get, go get these products, the robes, the loungewear. It's so silky soft. I mean, the, the pill, the slippers, the dog beds, there's something for everybody. Go to mypillow.com and just look at how much is there. Mypillow.com and it supports this show in truth and radio. And I thank you for it. Um, okay, Melissa, I cannot wait to hear a story. Okay. This is my all time most favorite of all favorites of Civil War ghost stories. Don't we all love a ghost story, right? Mm -hmm. And Gettysburg is a haunted place, in case you didn't know. Um, So let's dial back the clock. We're going to go back in the Wayback Machine. Gettysburg happens June, or excuse me, July 1st through 3rd of 1863. Just to kind of set the stage, there were 165,000 soldiers gathered at Gettysburg for that battle. It's the largest land battle ever to have happened on American soil. At the end of those three days, there would be 11,000 people dead, 29,000 wounded, and 10,000 missing. That's 
10 times the number of American casualties as D-Day. This was a big battle. So on July 1st, a regiment called the 20th Maine under the uh, colonelship, the the colonel of the 20th Maine was a man named Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain. He was a very well-educated man. He was a professor of rhetoric and um, modern languages at Bowdoin College in Maine. He was the colonel. Um, The 20th Maine had just taken, just previous to this, a very serious hit at the Battle of Fredericksburg. And they had been pretty soundly thumped, and they were very demoralized. Um, But they get the word on July 1st, the battle is already on, and they were somewhere in the vicinity of Washington, D.C. And so they get orders that they are to report to Gettysburg, this little town in Pennsylvania, and away they go. They're they're at a double quick march, and they're they're marching all of January or January July the first, mm-hmm. and into the night. They can hear the guns firing in the distance. They know what they're headed to, and they're not thrilled about it. Um, they get to a fork in the road. And there, there's a whole column of regiments moving toward Gettysburg, and they're part of that. But at the fork in the road, the officers all kind of gathered together, and they don't know which road to take. They didn't have accurate maps. They didn't know, do we go to the left or to the right? Um, here is a quote from the regimental story here. It says, at the turn of the road, a staff officer with an air of authority told each colonel as he came up that General McClellan was in command again and riding ahead of us on the road. It was not true, however. McClellan was not on the road ahead of them, and he was not back in command. So at the fork of the road, as they sat there and discussed, which way do we go, which way do we go, suddenly it was a, it was a bright moon, and the clouds parted, And the men that were gathered at that fork in the road claimed to have seen a horseman wearing an old-fashioned coat and an old-fashioned tricornered hat. Hmm. He was mounted on this magnificent white horse. The, The rider of the horse went down one of the roads and turned to the men and never said anything but beckoned to them to follow. Mm-hmm. And so rumors spread down the line that this rider on the horse was none other than the ghost of General George Washington, who was guiding them to make sure that they would get to the battle on time. That story was reported in multiple regiments that were on the road that night, and that rumor alone was enough to give these kind of battle-hardened and weary soldiers enough of a kind of a tailwind to get them, you know, it it just encouraged them enough that they had found the last of their strength to push on to Gettysburg. So Chamberlain and his men arrive at Gettysburg after having done this horrific march the night before, well into the night. They arrive early in the morning of July the 2nd, and Chamberlain and the 20th Maine was sent to the top of a position called Little Round Top. It's a little knoll on the battlefield, and it was the anchor point of the entire federal line. Um, Chamberlain was given orders. You and your men must hold your ground at all costs. 
that's a that's a pretty big tall order for guys that have been yeah. on the march all that time. Mm. The Confederate troops were being led by a general named uh, John Bell Hood, mm-hmm. and they were all entrenched around at, at the bo- at the base of Little Round Top. So as Chamberlain's men came from the fortified federal position up to the top of Little Round Top, mm-hmm. they knew that they were surrounded essentially on three sides at the base of this little knoll mm-hmm. with Confederate troops. And on July the 2nd, the, the, the battle begins for them at Little Round Top. And Hood sent wave, they would, he would send a wave of soldiers up the hill. Now, Chamberlain is holding the hill top, so he has an advantage. But he would send a wave of guys up, and Chamberlain's men would chase them back down the hill. And then they would regroup, regather, and oh, up the hill they come again, two, three, four times up and down. Up the the battle moves up and down this hill. It's very steep. We've I've been there. My kids reenacted this whole scene, and it's this very steep hill. It's it's a difficult. It's a little bit of a difficult terrain. Chamberlain said, "At times I saw around me more of the enemy than of my own men." Gaps opening, swallowing and closing again with sharp energy. All around, strange shouts of defiance and desperation, and underneath, stifled moans, gasping prayers, whispered of loved ones' names. Everywhere men, torn and broken, staggering, and dead faces with strange fixed eyes staring into the sky. Things which cannot be told nor dreamed. It's at this moment that again, the rider on the white horse appeared to them. He came from nowhere, dressed in the same antique costume, and he rode along the line there at Little Round Top, to encouraging them to hold their position. Everywhere it passed, the men said that they picked up, it gave them courage and hope to continue the fight. And more importantly, the rebels seem to have seen the apparition as well because a number of them tried to fire at it thinking that it was a un- the union commander of the position. Despite their attempts, no bullet had an effect and soon the Phantom Rider um, just, the, the rebels were just like, we don't get what that's about and they, they quit. Mm-hmm. However, at this point in the battle, this has been raging for several hours now, At this point in the battle, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain is informed that his men have no more ammunition. He's been told to hold the line at all costs. Not able to withstand another charge from the Confederate troops, Chamberlain did one of the most amazing things in Civil War history. He told his men, fix bayonets, which they had no ammunition. So he said, put your bayonets on and we're going to go down the hill. So they have the advantage of coming down toward the Confederates. They sat and waited for the Confederates to make their next charge up the hill. And in a screaming rage, the 20th Maine came running down the hill with their bayonets and no ammunition. It was so shocking and surprising to the Confederates that... um, It broke their line. During that charge, some of the men said that the horsemen stood at the front of the line, beckoning them to follow. The rays of the afternoon sun made his upraised sword look as if it were on fire. 
And these guys followed the phantom horsemen with only their bayonets down the hill directly into enemy fire. Like I said, the Confederate line broke. The 20th Maine had been successful in holding the day. The Confederates retreated off of Little Round Top and they did not come back again. They, that was the end of that engagement and they were able to hold the line and this is critically important. After the war was over, Secretary of War Edwin Stanton took the rumors of George Washington's ghost seriously enough um, that he mounted an investigation and they called some of the soldiers to provide testimony about it. The findings were never published, but those records still do exist. At the dedication of the monument to the 20th Maine that sits at the top of Little Round Top today, Chamberlain said, and listen, this is so inspiring. He said, we were beckoned on by the vision of destiny. Every man felt that he gave himself to and belonged to, belonged to something beyond time and beyond place, something which could not die. In great deeds, something abides. On great fields, something stays. Forms change and pass. Bodies disappear. But the spirits linger to consecrate the ground of the vision place of souls. And reverent men and women from afar and generations that know us not and that we know not of, heart drawn to see where and by whom great things were suffered and done for them, shall come to this deathless field to ponder and dream. And lo, the shadow of a mighty presence shall wrap them in its bosom, and the power of that vision shall pass into their souls. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Chamberlain wow. was a great writer. Wow. Later on, when Chamberlain was very old, he was approached by an interviewer who asked him about the truth of the ghostly appearance of George Washington. This is Chamberlain's reply, and this is a direct quote from him. He said, yes, that report was circulated through our lines, and I have no doubt that it had a tremendous effect in inspiring the men. Doubtless it was a superstition, but who among us can say such a thing was impossible? We know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now bivouacking with the dead. I do believe we were enveloped by the powers of that other world that day. And who can say that Washington was not among the number of those who aided the country that he founded? Wow. My favorite ghost story. I love of all that. And inspirational, you know? I, I mean, know. I, we need that right now. We need to know we're not alone. We need to know a lot of people are fighting out there. We need to know about about the spirit of the American people, and I love this. I love that. Thank you it for was, sharing that. It was a whether whether it was a true thing or a rumor. Those men at Little Round Top were in a hard spot, and they took courage from the knowledge that those who had preceded them were there with them, and I think that is the message for us. I think we need that message more than anything. We need to think back. Those of us that have a heart for those patriots that have, whether they're civil war or, or revolutionary war or even World War II, we need to know that they are with us and they care as we care about what's going to happen in the country. Amen, Melissa. It's a powerful story. <laughs> Amen, sister. Thank you so much for that. Happy Halloween. Kate. That was fantastic. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very, very much. That was great. Needed to hear it. 
And uh, on with Susan. Be right back. Hey, Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, Melissa. Be right back.